0: God is really working in our state. I know things are dark. I know it's not gonna be easy, but we're gonna win on May 17th with your help. And in November, we're gonna take our state back. My God will make it so. It's gonna be beautiful. Pennsylvania is gonna be the freest, most hopeful, most constitutionally based state in the nation. People are gonna to wanna to move here, and Maryland as well. <laughs> we're gonna unleash the potential, the energy, and resources God has given us underneath our feet here. It's gonna be a place of prosperity and hope. We're gonna fuel the New England and Mid Atlantic states. I mean, it's gonna be amazing. And you know, you think Florida looks good? amateur hour after one charge. (laughs) Hello my friends, I'm Senator Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania and I am here to endorse our good friend Senator Wendy Rogers down in Arizona. Please get out and vote for her, Uh, we need more champions of freedom like her in office She's a veteran, highly decorated officer from the United States Air Force, and she's tough and courageous, and she's a brave leader, and uh, it's hard to find these days in public office, so get out and vote Arizona!
1: WetWired. This is episode 19, Doug Mastriano and the Midterm Insurrection. I'm Sean Ondus.
2: And I'm Julian Paul Butt.
1: With the midterm elections just a few days away, we thought we would talk about the one candidate who has the biggest potential to act like a wrecking ball if he wins. That's not totally true. Carrie Lake in Arizona would easily smash shit up if he if she wins. And according to recent polling, it seems like she might actually have a better chance than Doug Mastriano because she's pulling ahead of, her, of the, uh, the Democratic challenger right now. And Mastriano has, has fallen a bit further behind Josh Shapiro. But at any rate, this is the episode we wrote. <laughs> so we are talking about Christian nationalist, dominionist, QAnon colonel, and candidate for governor of Pennsylvania, Doug Mastriano. Mastriano, retired U.S. Army colonel, January 6th rioter, is a Republican candidate for governor of Pennsylvania. As we record this, Mastriano is polling within 10 points of the Democratic candidate, Josh Shapiro. And since we are recording this on Thursday, November 3rd, it will probably be released in the next couple of days because I want to make sure it gets out there before November 8th. Otherwise, what's the point, right? I mean, why talk about this stuff? What's even the fucking point? Yeah, why talk about (laughs) it if it's not timely, if we're not trying to catch a news cycle or something? (laughs) And not to let the chance to endorse a maniac pass him by. Recently, even Malik Obama, the half-brother of former president Barack Obama, has endorsed Mastriano for governor. Of course, Malik Obama also endorsed President Trump during the 2016 election. And then he later tried to pass off a fake Kenyan birth certificate for his half-brother, in support of Trump's crank birther claims, the the birth certificate was listed. I think I think the way that it was listed as uh, Obama being born in 1964 in Kenya, or rather, it was it was no no I got I got that wrong. It had the the date on it said that Obama was born in 1962 in Kenya, but the nation of Kenya did not exist until 1964. So it's obviously a fake birth certificate.
2: There's this great TikTok channel that I follow where the guy figures out. The exact date of a map or a globe, simply by what's on the topography or what, what what's what the con- what the countries are. He goes through and he says, "Well, this country didn't exist in this year, and this country only started existing over here." And it is so fascinating to watch and so revealing how often geography
1: changes. And I, I think that that guy would have uh, he would have had some fun with this birth certificate because. Not only did it list a country that it didn't exist at the time that it was supposed, supposedly did when this document was created, but I think it also, for the official seal on the document, it was something like the official seal of the state of Maryland or something. <laughs> so we could ask, what is so special about Mastriano? According to Media Matters, there have been 72 congressional candidates, which is a crazy number. 72 congressional candidates who have had some alignment with QAnon content. And besides Mastriano, there are 13 other gubernatorial candidates who have at least taken their shot at their own state's top office. And again, these are people who have some affinity for QAnon. They've either posted QAnon content, shown up at QAnon events, or
2: had QAnon promoters show up at their events. This doesn't even necessarily include, per se, all of the alignment that happens in effect, where people are not necessarily even QAnon, but it it filters into the politics of the party or the politics of the of the region.
1: Yeah, they're really, they're mostly looking at when these lists are compiled on media matters, they're mostly looking at whether or not they shared QAnon content. Or they did, you know, they did just what I was talking about. They showed up at somebody's event or somebody showed up at their event. They've had these joint encounters with QAnon personalities. In Mastriano's case, he made the list because, well, of a number of reasons that we'll get to later. But one primarily is that there were more than 50 instances of just on Twitter of him tweeting QAnon hashtags, including, you know, Great Awakening, hashtag QAnon. I mean, really blatant stuff. While Mastriano isn't the most outlandish of the QAnon candidates, he's also not the least extreme. The main difference between him and the others is that he's one of the few, along with Arizona's Kerry Lake, who not only won their primary contest, but also has a real chance of winning the whole election. So even though at this point his polling uh, polling numbers have slid a little bit past 10% behind Josh Shapiro... That is well within the error of these terrible polls that we've had for the last eight years. You know, the the polling has been inaccurate in almost every major election. And so there is is a serious chance that Mastriano could still win this election.
2: Yeah, the polling has really slipped. It used to be, I think, a lot more accurate. The way that they collect the data for this polling is going to influence how it's being sampled. Mhm. Whether you're calling people or whatever it is, people are just not connected in the same ways that they used to be. Yeah, there was there was also something I came across
1: recently that people are responding much more honestly in polls, or rather the polls where people are sent a questionnaire and then return it tend to have much more uh much higher accuracy than telephone polls, for example, or in-person polling because a lot of people don't want to publicly admit these things. In an open kind of setting with a stranger, you know the uh, this was this was something that happened during Trump's first election. A lot of people didn't want to admit they were going to vote for Trump, but then voted for him. You
2: know, this is after they, you know, the people had been polled and said they were going to vote for somebody else. And and even that even that one uh, that one website that became so famous for so act five thirty eight five thirty eight. Even they got it wrong, and their whole shtick was that they analyzed so much data and they were so accurate and so good. They got the Trump question wrong oh, in no, they, so many different 538
1: ways. 538 got rinsed. I don't think that they
2: have they they have very much credibility left at all. And before that, they were they they were seen as as some kind of soothsayers. Democrats gambled
1: so hard that Pennsylvania would be put off by Mastriano's association with far-right groups, self-proclaimed biblical prophets and conspiracy theorists. Some of those are definitely the same person. (laughs) Democrats thought that Mastriano's views and policies would be so extreme for voters that Shapiro's campaign produced and paid for ads in support of Mastriano to help him win the primary because the way they calculated is that they'd rather face off against somebody with these extremist views than a more mainstream Republican candidate.
2: This brings me back to a flashback when Trump was – just starting to edge into a lead in in the primaries for the for the Republican candidates and across the the various media circles whether we're talking about the comedian circles especially there was this idea that wouldn't it be funny if he made it to the to the top five but of course that could never happen and then he made it to the top three and he's knocking out opponents left and right and at each stage people said well but seriously, he, he can't actually win. That's not a thing that can happen.
1: Yeah, they didn't count on uh on thing on the how much effect things would have like little Marco and low energy Jeb Bush. <laughs> yeah,
2: and and in and in the primary debates when you'd have one of the candidates doing the old shtick where they would say, "Well, uh, I dis- I disagree with the senator from such and such." And then he'd be over here like saying, this guy has a tiny dick. And everyone looks at each other and says, I, can, he, can he say that? I, I don't think he's able to say. It. And, and yet that fucking won. And, and frankly, I, I should, would be remiss if I didn't point out that the whole rhetoric from the Democratic Party and the Republican Party for who knows how many decades has been change. The Republicans say this dickhead in office needs to get out of here, and he's he's just terrible, and everything's been going wrong for years. And whichever person is in office, whoever is going against them says the exact same thing with different story behind it. You know, Mm -hmm. whether it's a Republican, they say, "Oh, these Democrats and the left wing, liberal, Marxist, Muslims have been ruining it for years." And if it's you know, if it's the Democrats, and they say something along the same lines, but opposite. They all say we've got to change things. We've got to mix it up and off in, in Washington. Remember when McCain had the Maverick message?
1: Yeah. His version of Maverick was just voting in favor of every war. <laughs> <laughs> if, if there was a chance to drop bombs or send people with guns in, he voted for it.
2: And honestly, uh, the the MAGA shtick has worked because it doesn't get much more anti-establishment because they don't follow any of the rules, including decorum or honesty or facts or reality. I joined a uh, a webinar uh, over the past couple of
1: days that was put on by Bellingcat, and they were looking at the the dissemination of, of QAnon conspiracy theories in Europe. Uh, today, they were talking about data analysis. And one of the things that I saw that was very interesting about this, and this applies to politicians, but it wasn't directly talking about them, that... A lot of the uh, the messaging going on has really been driven by social media and specifically Telegram. They looked at data points of the spread of certain conspiracy theory ideas, and they were seeing that interest in a particular subject matter would spike in these circles on Telegram and then be followed shortly after by coverage on Tucker Carlson, and then followed shortly after that with mentions by Donald Trump specifically in, in his rallies. So we're really looking at like the, the tail wagging the dog right now. The, the party has lost control of the messaging entirely. And even the media personalities that seem to be uh, like way out in front of all this stuff, people like Tucker Carlson, they're not in front of it either. They're still responding to what's happening organically on these social networks. So this is, the all I I think all of this stuff like all this speculation about the the way that things have gone in the past somehow indicating how things are going to go in the future is th- this is one of the reasons why the polls have been so consistently incorrect and the people who interpret the polls have been so in- consistently incorrect they can't account for that sort of um. That kind of Asimov, uh, like, foundation problem that Asimov identifies in the foundation with the, the coming of the mule and how the mule is going to disrupt the entire foundation's progress. Because the whole thing was built on how groups organize a, at a large scale and these patterns that emerge at larger scales. But it can account for an individual that co- just comes in to smash things up. Yeah. The, and that's really what we've been seeing is we've been seeing and we thought it was Donald Trump. I definitely thought it was Donald Trump in the first place, but very quickly I was listening to smarter people than I am and you know I came to understand that no 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 it wasn't Donald Trump, he's a symptom. He's not actually leading the like any direction because obviously the man has no ideology, he has no personal values other than maximizing his own outcomes. So The same thing goes for somebody like Tucker Carlson. Like, Tucker Carlson's f- first agenda is to maintain his position as an incredibly popular television host. Everything else comes secondary to that. All of these things are happening in this other space that not a lot of attention is being placed on, but is still dictating the direction that politics is taking, at least at the way that we see politics. Mastriano spent most of his career in the U.S. Army. After retiring in 2017, he made an unsuccessful run for a U.S. congressional seat. During his campaign in 2018, Mastriano said he would block marriage equality for LGBTQ couples. In a Rolling Stone article,
2: Mastriano is quoted saying, I'm for traditional marriage. I am not a hater for saying that. It's been like that for 6,000 years. It was the first institution founded by God in Genesis, and it needs to stay that way. Sean, no, it absolutely is not.
1: (laughs) He also said that Islam is not compatible with the United States Constitution.
2: The Constitution was founded on Christian Judeo ideas, and it's only compatible with that worldview. Guess what? Not all religions are created equal.
1: And when asked if he thought global warming is real, he said,
2: It is not. It's fake science, and it's a racket at the academic level. This guy is also incredibly pro fracking he he actually talked about I want to say he he called it freedom energy <laughs> he did call it freedom energy or something like that <laughs> and uh, I b- before before this recording I I listened to him interviewed on Charlie Kirk in it of course Kirk you know the guy with the very tiny face oh I know who
1: Charlie Kirk is
2: <laughs> and the and the what is it the Hitler I'm sorry the Trump youth propaganda machine uh, the turning point USA well in the episode when talking to uh, to Doug he described it as a class warfare he didn't use the word warfare but it was it was it was against the poor and he used the word class in his description of this anti fracking anti fracking campaign and and in general the idea of anti fracking. Which blows my fucking mind because he's so close. He's got the class thing. He's got the anti-poor thing. And the only pieces that he's missing are where everybody's interests are.
1: I think Charlie Kirk's intellectual prowess ends at just trying to invert Marxism. (laughs) If he just takes it all, I mean, he's sort of like this bizarro world Marxist because he loves the language he loves talking about class and he loves talking about anti-poor and these policies against the poor and the working class. He uses these terms all the time, but he always inverts it. So it's exactly the opposite of what you might expect from a socialist argument.
2: Yeah. We basically can just replace state capitalism under Russia or, or whatever country you might think of in the 20th century with capitalists. And you could just reverse these things between what Charlie Kirk is saying and what some kind of a socialist in the in the 30s would be saying
1: it it sounds great I definitely want to
2: live in that world (laughs) but it does it does speak to in my mind something that is said a lot when we're talking about climate change or these different industries like fracking or something like that which are literally poisoning the well When we're talking about these things, a lot of these folks will use similar rhetoric and invert it, such as Charlie Kirk, and say, oh, well, they just want to put these people out of their jobs, these hardworking, poor Americans. Oh, don't get me
1: wrong. I'm not trying to accuse Charlie Kirk of ever being original.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, not at
1: all. all. He didn't come up with (laughs) that shtick. Somebody else came up with it. He just saw (laughs) that it worked and he kept using it.
2: But I mean, I, I got a flyer just the other day. Uh, for all of my local uh, election stuff in, in Washington, where we have, in Washington state, we have such excellent policies compared to many other states and, and cities. We have such ex- excellent policies here in Seattle about how to vote, when you can vote. It's, it's incredible. I, I get my mail-in ballot for all the things. I get two different pamphlets, one for King County and, and one for Washington state that give a synopsis of all the things that are being voted on, all of the things that we could do. It's, it's really good stuff. That said, along with that, I get a lot of flyers, and one of the flyers that I got is just littered front end and, and back on this flyer with things talking about reverse racism and saying how, oh, these, these far-left Marxist liberals... Put that together are are just trying to be a bunch of racists against white and Asian Americans. And now they're lumping in Asians with it, too, which is a bit novel. You can't square these circles. Yeah. And so in this flyer, the whole argument against anti-racism is that it's racist. Mm -hmm. And typically the anti-trans arguments are for feminism Mm -hmm. and things like that that just don't fucking track. Well, they do if you're a turf. Well, <laughs> if you, yeah. if you still
1: love JK Rowling, then that makes that's a, that argument makes perfect sense. <laughs> you're a turf, Harry? Well, this is a great segue. Now that we know how Mestriano feels about gay marriage, Islam and global warming science, Jules is going
2: to give us a rundown of some of Mestriano's other views. Mestriano's a stop the steel supporter. He has been one of the leading voices in attempting to overturn the 2020 election. You got to say presidential. He's been one of the leading voices in attempting to overturn the 2020 presidential election.
1: That's important to say presidential because they don't want to overturn the other elections where they won. They don't give a shit about those. No, no, no they do. They do care. <laughs> but but a lot of times, like like districts went for Biden and also went for a Republican representative or something like that. So they don't yeah. want to overturn the representative's election. They just want to, like, recall the ballot. So one ballot had Biden for president and then some Republican for a congressman seat.
2: Which boggles my mind
1: to but, no end. Well, actually, we need to wrap our fucking heads around that because that is the goddamn country we live in. That is how people yeah. – that is how a lot of people think about stuff. They really are parsing things in a way that we might not understand because we're so
2: goddamn partisan. And it and there there is not this – Blue, no matter who, or red, better than dead. I don't, I don't know what the what the one is on the right because <laughs> it's usually better dead than red. Right, but I, I don't know what to say for the reds. There's not this, you know, all the way down the ballot. Those are the other reds. Those are the communists, not the Republican reds. I, I know, I know. I was trying to think of something clever, and I don't even know what they would say. Mastriano's used his campaign funds to bus in supporters to the January 6th insurrection, and was shown in photos apparently crossing police barricades during the riot. As a state senator, he helped organize a faux hearing presided over by none other than Rudy Giuliani that was meant to determine the validity of Pennsylvania's election results. These are his official platform positions, should he be elected on November 8th. Removing restrictions on poll
1: watchers to make it easier to challenge votes. Prohibiting voting by mail. Appointing Pennsylvania Secretary of State who could decertify every voting machine, quote, with a stroke of a pen. And forcing all Pennsylvania voters to re-register.
2: Even right now, recently the Supreme Court made it so that Pennsylvania has to reject mail-in ballots with illegible or incorrect dates written on them. This is important for how the ballots or how the elections swing. 70% of those mail-in ballot requests have come from Democrats and about 20% from Republicans. So this decision primarily affects Democrats. This is also still pretty controversial, and there's not a lot at this point that in terms of written statements from the court to explain this, but the, the worst part, I think, is that We're talking about these counties that have now, these counties have reported receiving over 850,000 completed mail-in ballots already. This is from the 1.4 million of the voters who have requested them. But it is somewhat in contradiction to some, according to some people, and I agree with this, in that something that is not consequential should not make a ballot uh, uh, discounted is essentially the rule. And what the Supreme Court said is that that doesn't apply to the date that's written on it, even though you're getting it when you're getting it, so it, it almost doesn't even matter the date that you write on it. It's it's a funky thing that's happening in Pennsylvania even before Mastriano gets his hands on it.
0: No, But the most important thing is I get to appoint the Secretary of State, and that Secretary of State is gonna clean up the election logs, we're gonna reset, in fact, uh, registration, you have to re-register, we're gonna start all over again.
1: Mastriano has spread Islamophobic conspiracy theories on social media, including this piece that he shared in 2018 while he was a Pennsylvania state senator. Many of the candidates say they were motivated by anti-Muslim rhetoric in the U.S. Rightly so after 9-11, the Boston Marathon bombing, and the San Bernardino massacre. Leftists blame President Trump and the travel ban from seven, quote, Muslim-majority countries, unquote. However, all three terror attacks listed above were committed in the United States by Muslims, long before Donald Trump ever ran for president. The bottom line is that the American people have a right to be fearful of the prospect of a large number of Muslims being elected to Congress, specifically if they practice Sharia law. Sharia law is the practice of utilizing the punishments listed in the Quran in one's daily life, including in public. Sharia law also promotes the killing of Jews and
2: gays. When he's talking about Sharia law, and he's talking about Muslims, and not wanting them to impose Muslim law. He does this as a Christian na- nationalist and as a dominionist. Christian law, not a problem. He absolutely wants control of the state by Christians for Christians. It just not a, Muslims. It's a, a
1: Pew poll recently that got, got a lot of attention because <clears throat> it said that something along the lines of 40% of people polled want uh, the U.S. or think the U.S. should be a Christian nation. And then in the, in another question, do you think the U.S. is already a Christian nation? And the answer was 60%. Yes.
2: <laughs> so they already, a lot of people already think it is. Well, when Christ was writing the Constitution of the United States, Mastriano is also pro-QAnon. He has long deleted his QAnon tweets, but of course, on the internet, we remember. And here are a few examples of his tweets. Can you describe some of these, Sean? First, we have President Trump dressed as
1: George Washington or a revolutionary soldier. That's a really <laughs> that's a really popular motif for Trump. They love depicting him as in in this revolutionary American garb, this colonial period garb. So he's got these are know, the
2: same people who say 1776 like it's some sort of verbal tick. Uh, so he's he's apparently standing
1: in the middle of a bonfire because it is just all looking like flames at his feet. Maybe he's being burned alive. I don't know. <laughs> he's holding that giant. He's a phoenix rising from the ashes. He's holding that giant Gatling gun that <laughs> Jesse Ventura used in the Predator, in one and his uh in his right hand, and in his left hand is outstretched in front of him, and there's a bald eagle perching on it. And I just I keep picturing that video when he was he had the eagle on the on the perch behind him in his office in Trump Tower. And it sort of flapped its wings and he flipped out and kind of like almost fell out of his chair. That's, that's what I keep picturing when I see this eagle, <laughs> eagle with its wings spread. Th- this, I would have done the same thing. An eagle is a scary bird. All in all, this is definitely a very inspiring meme. The hashtags on here, QAnon, MAGA, Trump 2020, Patriots Fight, The Great Awakening, and Trump. So the next one down here, this is a Ben Garrison classic Deep State Drain the Swamp cartoon.
2: Ben fucking Garrison. (laughs) He's a caricature who makes caricatures.
1: So this is Trump standing on the edge of a giant swamp outside of Washington, D.C., and there's a giant swamp monster looming over him with the words Deep State, CIA, and NSA written on its chest and shoulders. This whole cartoon actually is telling a big story. In the background, uh in, in the water's surface, we can see the words Rothschilds, Bilderberg, UN, FBI, and also Google. And so, of course, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi are depicted as two heads of some sort of a swamp snake. And then there's John Podesta off to the left with an octopus body holding a slice of pizza in one tentacle. And right oh, up,
2: Pizza Pizzagate, and- it was such a good Yeah conspiracy theory and, i and mean so, that was one of the best ones and, and, and right <laughs>
1: above him is this this old tree and in it is a is a buzzard with the head of george soros <laughs> I, there, there are some other things too i mean you can see uh hillary clinton and comey and obama swimming towards trump and then there's a there's a boat full of rats and on the side it says msm uh, i i think that's uh john mccain back there too the uh, oh, the, And then there's a pump truck because Trump is draining the swamp and it says Trump's I, swamp draining service because Ben Garrison, you know, always right on the nose.
2: I don't think there's a single anti-Semitic conspiracy theory missing.
1: It's pretty good. I, I, I'm really satisfied that the Rothschilds and the Bilderberg made it into this one. He didn't have to do that. Those are
2: some classics. I, I feel like we haven't really seen those a lot since like you the don't. early aughts.
1: You don't see those very often. People generally have to, they, they dig
2: down for those. In addition to sharing Q-related content, Mastriano has campaigned with and been endorsed by QAnon promoters, including the self-proclaimed prophet, Julie Green. This is from Media Matters. Pennsylvania
1: Republican gubernatorial nominee Doug Mastriano has promoted and campaigned with Julie Green, a prophet who has claimed that God will execute political figures, quote, for their planned pandemic, shortages, inflation, mandates, and for stealing an election, unquote. The Mastriano ally and fringe religious commentator has also alleged a variety of conspiracy theories, including that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, quote, Loves to drink the little children's blood. She loves it, doesn't she, folks? She loves the blood. <laughs> the government is conducting human sacrifices to stay in power. And President Joe Biden is secretly dead. And an actor is playing him. I mean, at least he's not an android or a clone.
2: I was going to say, it's is he a clone actor. in this in this version? It's just an actor. <laughs> they, these, these, these cats in the QAnon circles love the face off theme where they they change the faces. You know who else says cats a lot as an
1: expression? People from the 20s? Doug Mastriano. Fuck off. He says cats quite often. Maybe you two have more in common than you think.
3: No.
2: (laughs) He said these cats in, in Gettysburg. Oh. Well, I have to rethink of some, some of my vernacular. You have to rethink a lot of your vernacular. <laughs> Earlier this year, Green prophesied. Doug
1: Mastriano, I have you here for such a time as this, saith the Lord. I know it seemed like I had forsaken you, all your hard work, and all the time you put forth to get to the truth in election integrity. You know the truth, and you have seen so much evidence of what really happened. It is now time to move forward with the plans you have been given. Yes, Doug, I am here with you. I will not forsake you. The time has come for their great fall and for the great steel to be overturned.
2: That's the point where her eyes... Thus saith the Lord. (laughs) That's the point where her eyes, which were previously totally rolled back so that you can only see total whiteness... And she descended down upon her chair again from her consultation with God and seance. I mean, God sounds like a Trump campaign flyer. It really why does do seem people- that
1: God and Trump are working from the same talking points.
2: <laughs> why, does, why do these folks use the word great so often? I, just in this one quote, it's used two or three times. Is there to a, make this is there sound there more word?
1: profound. Is there a better word, though? I mean, God is great. And so is <laughs> Doug Mastriano.
2: <laughs> it's really great, folks. It's just great things are going to happen. And then when they want to make this have some profundity to it, we we add great. Mastriano, along with many of the QAnon candidates running in this election cycle, has ties to QAnon promoter Juan Osavin. No, 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 no. Juan Osavin. I guess that makes sense. No, no, no.
1: Just yeah, read read it one o seven, as in no, no, no. no. I, I will, I, I will, I, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not as saying in that to 107.
2: 107. Are you fucking kidding me? Is is that really a uh, an artificial name made to say one o seven? Go to the next one. Go to the next paragraph. All right, I'll, I'll reread it.
1: No, no, no. Don't reread it. That was good. <laughs>
3: so fucking ridiculous. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Seven, whose real name is Wayne Willett, though some believe that he's really JFK Jr. in disguise. Or is it a mask? Has been a consistent figure in Q World since the early days. Seven had
1: a brainstorm about a year ago and started encouraging Q-pilled candidates to run for Secretary of State.
4: Couple of it every Friday morning. Uh, No pictures there. Um, uh, On Friday mornings, I have a call with all my candidates from around the country. Because some people aren't aware, um, I've actually got the largest candidates group in the country, Candidates Coalition, secretaries of state, uh, governors, attorney generals and all that. So President Trump has endorsed a number of the candidates in our coalition. Um, the very first candidate that I brought into this was Jim Marchant. He he, I was helping him on the legal side. He would run in Las, uh, Las Vegas for uh, a representative, U.S. representative, and his uh, uh, election, uh, he lost. Um, we fought it on the legal stuff because we said, well, something wasn't right. Uh, the courts didn't see it that way. So we weren't able to reverse the uh, situation on the vote and get it looked at. So I says, well, you know, the secretary of state's doing all sorts of weird stuff here. Uh, We really need to go after that position. I did a little research and found that when America was attacked by George Soros in this most recent thing was in 2004. And they put all the money to get secretary of states elected that they were that they wanted. And the first state that they went after the secretary of state position was in Las Vegas, was in uh, uh, Reno or uh, Nevada.
1: This was not a terrible idea as far as the strategy goes, because he either somebody told him this or he just came up with it in one of his, one of his, his his foot videos, because this is his thing. He, he does all of these, um, these live streams, but he, for a long time, he was trying to not be on camera, so he would have the camera facing away from him. So he did all of these foot videos, and it was like, so it would just be—you just see like, you you'd see his feet, like, in, like in in boots or something like that on a table or something. And are you sure it's not an OnlyFans? No, it really looks—it looks like it really could be some kind of a fetish video. <laughs> you know so he'll talk about all this q stuff and conspiracy theories and everything but the camera is always facing his feet so he'll do the dri- the you know the guy driving videos as well but with the camera facing uh pointed toward the windshield out at the road as opposed to at him he's messed this up a few times and obviously it's kind of like the you know the jig is up because he's appeared on stage everybody knows what he looks like he's he's basically a troll the and not as an internet troll as in the kind that lives under a bridge that's what he looks like
2: in in the <laughs> go ahead
1: so he does so he does these videos and but at some point he just you know it just occurred to him or you know somebody he was talking to told him you know like this bright idea that we should have candidates like really trying to run for secretary of state because if the election doesn't if doesn't go their way, or you know, if we're going to try to maintain this like the bullshit sense of propriety here, if there's if there's a sense that that there's been election irregularities, then the Secretary of State will just be will just decertify the results and, and make it so that that election has to be held again in any state that doesn't go the direction they think, and you know, miraculously. The, the states where they lose are the ones that need to be recounted. Not the ones it's where not they win. a bad idea. If you're wanting to steal an election, it's a good idea. He's been running with this and he's created this, this unofficial coalition of candidates and a lot of them have done okay. And so Mastriano is part of this cohort. Uh, th- this is a, according to a Salon article, several members of Savin's unofficial coalition made election denial a key part of their campaigns, including candidates such as Mark Fincham in Arizona, Rep. Judy Heiss in Georgia, Kristen Caramo in Michigan, and Tina Peters in Colorado. Pennsylvania State Senator Doug Mastriano, who is now – yeah, that should, be, that should be read as Pennsylvania State Senator, not Pennsylvania State Senator – who is now the Republican nominee for governor is also a member of the coalition and a prominent election denier. You know, even though Heiss and Peters both lost their primary elections, this is still a pretty, you know, a pretty going strategy. Doug Mastriano is the only part, of, the only member of this crowd who is not running for the Secretary of State in, Pen- in in his state. He's running for governor, but that's just because in Pennsylvania, the Secretary of State is an appointed position, not an elected one. Which was, you know, the, the the clip that we played in the beginning where Mastriano has promised that he's going to appoint somebody who's going to see the election the right way, quote unquote.
2: And that's that's really, in effect, doing the same thing towards the sentiment that we're trying to do here with the Secretary of State.
1: I mean, it's the same deal. You elect a governor who to appoint the right Secretary of State or you just elect the Secretary of State. And I, I think that um, – I don't know if I have this right, but I think Arizona also – uh is, is another state where the Secretary of State is an appointed position. So if Carrie Lake wins this election, as it seems like she might, because she's got a little bit of a lead over what's her name? The Democrat? Oh,
2: it's I'm blanking right it's now.
1: It's another K name, I don't remember. Um <laughs> honestly, like, you know, like attention should be paid on this stuff, but it doesn't really matter who the Democratic candidate is because it's just going to be another neoliberal who's going to tow the party line. This is a reason why there, you know, there might be a red wave in the midterms because who gives a shit about any of these people? Nobody. I the, mean,
2: fucking Josh Shapiro, for example. Exactly. going The only reason Doug I know his name. Was the fucking DA.
1: The only reason I know, jo- oh, he was the attorney general.
2: What do they say? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, he might. A.G.
1: A.G., yeah. No, 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 no. A.G. Yeah. So the only reason I know his name is because I've read so much about Doug Shapiro recently, preparing for this episode. But that's really the issue that we have in front of us: is that most of these candidates are absolute duds, and the party itself is a dud. So what's to get excited about? You you vote people into office, and you're like, okay, you know, I voted all Democrat, you know, like I feel really good about myself. I'm gonna, I'm voting in favor of you know of these values, but you're still gonna get a party that is going to mainly drag its heels on just about all of those values. It's going to do nothing about climate change, at least anything of any value. And you're we're kind of going to, you know, be in the same situation next time around. It's going to be a different group of people or maybe the same people, and we're going to vote for them again. But what's going to be done any different? There's nobody exciting in any of these elections. The the most excitement we get is somebody like Stacy Abrams who's like the candidate that just can never win so you get this sort of like you get this kind of Rudy feel for her you know like well
2: maybe she'll get it this time come on You're like I'm everybody's rooting for you Rudy hey uh we've all seen Rocky one through 25. Mastriano, who has also been repeatedly criticized for his anti-Semitic remarks and relationship with Gab founder Andrew Torba, has recently been endorsed by the extremely Orthodox Rabbi Joseph Kolakowski. According to Rabbi Kolakowski's IMDb bio, yeah, he has a bio on IMDb. It's because he is
1: uh, he is an an, uh, an accredited actor. <laughs> Joseph Kolakowski is a real-life Hasidic rabbi who has appeared in documentaries and in fiction films. He studied drama under Deborah Winger as a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) And as of 2020, he lives with his wife and children in upstate New York and serves as a prison chaplain. He is available for extra work and speaking roles, as well as documentary and reality television, and for consulting work to represent accuracy in the portrayal of Hasidic Jews in media.
2: What the bio doesn't mention is the hundreds of times Kolakowski has tweeted and retweeted Stop the Steal claims, sympathy for January 6th rioters, and anti-vax content.
1: Kolakowski has recently been uh, consistently retweeting other accounts, often mentioning Elon Musk and asking for Dr. Robert Malone's account to be reinstated so remember when we covered in, dr malone, in the in the uh in the psychotics episode yeah it exactly in the mass psychotics episode we covered dr <laughs> malone and so dr malone was was this uh what was he a cardiac surgeon i think it was something like that no 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 he and, worked with fauci you know, and infectious diseases
2: well that's well, what he, it was he, he was involved and he claimed all decades those, he,
1: before yeah he claimed a bunch of patents that he had just had marginal uh Participation with—that's what it was. Yeah. He kept getting billed as yeah. having being the holder of all these patents, but
2: he'd only and he got had like, launched on Joe Rogan.
1: Yeah, he only had sort of like a, a peripheral relationship with all those studies, even though which gets your name on there, it gets your name on the papers because you were involved. But he wasn't like he was the primary in any of these
2: in any of this research, and not that it even had much to do with what we're talking about in present day because he was only involved. So long before.
1: Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. It had been like 20 years earlier or something
2: like that. Mastriano has strong connections to Rod of Iron Ministries. These people.
1: Oh, I love keep these people. Coming up. They do. They do. They do.
2: <laughs> Rod of Iron is an apocalyptic offshoot of the Unification Church, which is also known as the Moonies. Fun fact I recently found out. That the Moonies was an alternative rock band in the early aughts from like 2001 to 2005. And I found that out because I was trying to Google the Moonies (laughs) and I found the wrong one. They're famous for using AR-15s in their worship services. Hyunjin Moon,
1: leader of the Rod of Iron Ministries, and also a gun manufacturer. So you can guess whose company made the AR-15s they use in their church services. (laughs)
2: <laughs> is it is it Armalite? Is that the company? I don't know. I mean, I'm just re- referring to Armalite well, rifle. That's
1: that's a company that makes AR15s, but I I'm I'm being snarky, Sean. Oh, okay.
2: Well, there's a lot of
1: companies that make AR15s, but Yeah, of course. Unfortunately, <laughs> we can say that I can't even keep track of all the companies that make AR15s. To say? <laughs> I could be making AR15s
2: right now. <laughs> Well, Sean Moon delivered this message in a sermon in 2021. The internationalist
1: Marxist globalists are trying to start a civil war here, meaning the U.S., so that they can bring in the U.N. troops and the Ch- and Chai Com. Ch- I think that's Chinese communist. The Chai Com Chinese military to come in and destroy and kill all gun owners, Christians, and any hospital. And oh, my gosh, I have to read out all again. <laughs> 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 the internationalist Marxist globalists are trying to start a civil war here so that they can bring in the UN troops and Chi Com Chinese military to come in and destroy and kill. Destroy and kill. That's what tripped me up. He wants to, they they're destroyed first and then they're killed. All gun owners, Christians, <laughs> and any opposition, i.e. Trump supporters. We are in the death of America right now. And that's why, of course, God is allowing for our expansion
5: of acknowledging folks who pay the bills and who fight the fight. He acknowledges the blue-collar workers that have been raped and ravaged by Obamacare and by Obama and the UN stealing their money so that these politicians and these super elite class can boast and war- prance around perching on nations, claiming how good they are because of how much money they've stolen, but they call it raising money. Stolen to give to their cronies and give to totalitarian, dictatorship, communist organizations like the freaking UN, which also does sex trafficking and at the highest levels are into cannibalism, eating children, killing babies as well. All this is being exposed. And what did Trump do? He is the stark opposite.
2: two things the un troops are primarily composed of the united states whenever the un goes in somewhere as a peacekeeping mission the same with nato it's primarily the united states if they show up second chaicom what, what, i what what is this it. fucking chicago communists oh i could have read it as Com. <laughs> <laughs> nobody has ever used the the shortened version Com. Until this moment. Well, th- then to say – I mean, it is confusing because he says Chai Kam and then Chinese military. Last for the list, Mastriano believes that abortion is murder. He doesn't just want to ban abortions, by the way. He wants to ban contraceptives. anytime just It's just that,
1: no
2: that, sex. It, it's it just is no just sex. no
1: sex. That is the only answer is no sex.
2: You you need to have missionary with a bed sheet with a hole in it between you.
1: If you have ever seen Amanda Grace blow the Shofar at the beginning of a Reawaken America rally, <laughs> uh, you wouldn't want to have sex either.
3: <laughs>
2: I need a second to regroup.
1: I haven't busted him up in a while. It's nice.
0: <laughs> I'm red in the... I, it feels good. The
1: opening prayer
0: and the opening blowing of the shofar, please stand to your feet and greet Amanda Grace in the place and Pastor Dave Scarlett.
1: Hello, South Carolina. He's here. You feel him? We haven't even blown it yet. Before Amanda and I came on, we were talking, and I said, Amanda, this is the first time i felt the Holy Spirit before we even went out with the shofar. Each one of these are different in each way, each one in a great way. And uh, we're gonna blow the shofar seven times to bring in the Spirit of the Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to come down on this great, great revival here. It starts here today. Okay. Let's do it. Seven times. I'm just going to, I'm just going to talk right through it. Even though Mastriano's extreme political views, conspiracy theories, and associations with far-right Christian nationalists are what helped him get national attention. Lately, he's been distancing himself somewhat from those people and ideas.
5: That Republican Doug Mastriano joins us right now. Doug, thanks so much for being here. What do the Democrats not know about you?
0: Well, first off, I'd like to you know thank them for doing this because Napoleon said never interrupt your enemy when he's making a mistake. But on the other side here, I. There's confusion in the camp. What they don't know about me is really there's nothing extreme about me. I'm, you know, imagine this, Brian. Thirty years in the army, promoted from you know second lieutenant to colonel, constantly being vetted. I had a top secret clearance for for thirty years, uh, constantly being investigated. If there's anything extreme about me, obviously our nation would not allow me to have access to some of its most sensitive secrets here. Basically, I'm one of those guys that just loves my country, served in the army my entire adult life here, and could not. Stand aside as I was retiring as I saw our country going down the tube. So I stand for the people. I'm the voice of the people. The Democrats have nothing to run on except calling people names and attacking people and demonizing people.
5: Right now you got two polls one S. Shapiro up for the, the other one. The Philadelphia Inquirer reported you attended a conference last week in Gettysburg hosted by a couple who publicly call themselves prophets of QAnon. What can you tell us about <laughs> that? And do you consider yourself a member of that group? 30 seconds.
0: Yeah, it's funny how the media likes to paint anyone they to disagree with on the right on a conservative side, as some kind of extremist. I, d- I don't know that those two ever said that. I was there, of course, speaking with many of my constituents and people from across the state, and it's very unfair. And, and people across the state are sick and tired of being labeled something because you disagree with them politically.
1: On October 22nd, Mastriano was scheduled to appear at Clay Clark's Reawakening America event, which is definitely a QAnon rally and a Christian nationalist rally.
2: And they're not, they're not becoming more woke at this event.
1: According to the Philadelphia Inquirer, Clay Clark himself gave a statement that Mastriano's campaign had requested the spot for the tour's October Philadelphia stop. Mastriano even appeared on the poster for the event, but on the day he was a no-show. But that it wasn't like you know this was the one time he wanted to speak because they were in Phil- in Philadelphia and he wanted to have a chance to talk to a bunch of people who were probably likely voters. No, like he had spoken at many of these events over the past year and a half or two years. So. Why did he skip this one? You know, so close to the election date. I I think it's pretty clear he just didn't want the optics of another story connecting him with all this far-right shit. Because he really has been trying to back off some of this stuff. He's been making much more – he's been making favorable, you know, like friendly media appearances. His entire campaign has really shut out the media. Way back, I mean, I mean, for the – when he was running for the nomination for the Republican uh, – to be the Republican candidate for governor, he would not allow media into any of his events. You know, he's had this policy long-standing, and now it's – you know, he's making some appearances, like I said, on friendly – in friendly spaces like on Fox News. But still, he's making more appearances, but yet he doesn't – you know, right before the election, he misses the chance to go to this big rally – it can't be for many other reasons. Unless maybe it's COVID.
2: <laughs> like, the, the maybe QAnon- he's like
1: maybe he's like Bolsonaro. You know, like he's, we're gonna see some picture of him with with on a ventilator or something.
2: His QAnon fans are in their rooms, crying in the corner, listening on repeat to Gautier's "You Didn't Have to Cut Me Off." No, what what's the song?
1: Oh boy. If that joke wasn't dead it, 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 well, like on arrival, then it definitely, it definitely died after it was <laughs> autopsied.
3: <laughs> you didn't have to cut me off. <laughs> you didn't have to cut me off.
1: Reawakening America is a sort of a Christian nationalist QAnon roadshow that's been traveling the United States since early 2021. The event was created by Clay Clark, and it's been headlined by General Michael Flynn, the original digital soldier. With a rotating cast of speakers that has included Eric Trump, Roger Stone, Pastor Greg Locke, Jovan Pulitzer. Uh, Pulitzer, because he's not as big of a name as some of those other people, he was one of the stars of the 2020 Arizona recount. And he was the guy, I think it was him, it was either him or the professor from Las Cruces who said that the, uh, the fraudulent ballots came from China because he found bamboo in the paper.
2: Which definitely did not fucking happen.
1: Oh, it did. It, ha- it happened every bit as much as Pulitzer found a Roman sword in Newfoundland, Canada.
2: Every bit as much. Like all the, like all the candy that has been showing
1: up. It, ha- with- it, ha- it happened every bit as much as Pulitzer found the treasure on Oak Island. Because his previous career was a treasure hunter. So he was on that show. You can find him on the History Channel, on, on the Oak Island show. You can find Jovan Pulitzer there. <laughs> and he, and a few years back he was he was passing around this sword that he allegedly had found in Newfoundland that he claimed was roman and as soon as he showed it to experts they were like this is bullshit this isn't this is nothing you know this is the kind of thing that you'd get at like a tourist shop and so uh,
2: aliens did it
1: <laughs> no he he was trying to like push this idea that romans had made it all the way to north america <laughs> He doesn't – J- Jules, you have to understand the the different sort of depths of crank ideas out in the world. <laughs> Aliens is like way down in the subfloors. But up – you know, a few floors higher but still subterranean is just general cranks. You know, those are the people who think that there used to be giants roaming the earth or that a massive flood I, wiped everything you know out.
2: What? The, clearly the sword got there because uh, – y- it had something to do with Tartaria and, and
1: See, you're 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 mixing them up Russia. You're mixing them up again. You really need to 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 study more. <laughs> also featured, also featured on the tour were former Trump trade advisor Peter Navarro and of course everybody's favorite CEO, my pillow founder, Mike Lindell. <laughs> and here's Julie Green again. She's speaking at the October Reawaken America event that Mastriano should have been at.
3: I love you too. <laughs> For the Lord this day and telling my children to get up now to get up and believe me and trust me because you are about to see my hand move and my my hand move in ways that I have never moved before. I am gonna save your nation. I am bringing this nation back to a nation that has never seen before. I am going to bring down every single person that is against you. So believe and trust in me. And when you go out every day, believe and say, God, I trust you. I will not be moved, Father God. I will not be moved by what they are doing. And he is saying to you right now, you call down that government, you call down every person in that house, you call down every person in that Senate, and you call that person down that is in the White House, you call all those seats down because I have given you the authority of the name of my son. That name is above every name. And I am telling you children of Almighty God right now to stand up and to start rejoicing in the fact that I'm about to move my hand, I'm about to move it swiftly, and you will never see it coming what I'm about to do, and your enemies aren't gonna see it either. I am bringing them all down, so this very day, children of Almighty God, arise and take back your authority, take back this nation,
1: That is some inspiring stuff.
2: <laughs> My chief complaint is not even that her you ideas. There. <laughs> 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 that you didn't
1: think of it first. <laughs>
2: My chief complaint is her act. I, I, I with with the cranks that we've been following and listening to, I I really have have gained an appreciation for a good channeling shtick. She's not channeling though. You know,
1: it's, Isn't yeah. she
2: saying what God's telling her?
1: Oh, that's different. Yeah, I, I yeah. All right, you're all right. right. So okay, you're right. granted, she's like, not channeling there, right there. A, but she the, doesn't
2: have a good fucking performance. There, there's to like it.
1: there is some kind of like an energetic connection between prophesying and hearing the word of God and channeling. Yeah, there there is there there there's something that 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 connects those things. I th- I think that they they might be in the same class, but they're still distinct things. The difference is, is that she's not taken over by God who is now speaking through her mouth. You know, she is, uh, she's getting messages and then interpreting them and then spitting them out, which is what some people describe as channeling.
2: So, I don't know. Yeah. And and even then. There's definitely some crossover. I I really feel like this, this shtick could use a little work. She, she's, she's very yelly. She, she's, she's, (laughs) she's, um she's
1: very shouty. She, yeah. <laughs> and, and my God, it is so mean. The whole thing, <laughs> you know, like you are gonna, we are gonna take that seat and, and it, you won't even know I'm coming. And your enemies won't know I'm coming either. We're just gonna sneak up on you and you, before you know it, you won't even be president anymore, Joe Biden.
2: I sh- fucking, uh, it's like Ben Shapiro's wife. Nobody knows who's coming because nobody <laughs> is. Almost
1: everything that we've said in this entire episode essentially applies to Arizona's gubernatorial candidate, Carrie Lake. She is every bit as extreme as Mestriano is, you know, but we're only, we're, we're covering one person at a time here. Yeah. You know, this is, this is a small shop. <laughs> we can only do so much. <laughs> it's
2: just mom and pop. And, and really the, you know, if,
1: uh, if I, if I had, uh, if I had known what I know now, I might have written an episode about Carrie Lake because she seems to be just slightly better placed to win her race. She's actually polling ahead in Arizona, so that that is that is definitely an election to watch. Considering how things played out with the with the the election investigations that just dragged for over a year and the the poll watchers that that have shown up already this year to observe election results i know, i know there was just a court order some of order. these folks Well, there was just a court these, order to, to to tell them to keep
2: back but some of these guys for these poll watchers are are showing up in in the full cosplay garb of fucking tactical vests tactical equipment it, it, it's fucking nightmarish intimidation
1: it's it's not just it's not just the outfits though that you know there there's been advice on how to outfit your RV you know how to deck out your RV with you know the particular like surveillance technology ways to like you know get together with friends and have a cookout in the parking lot I mean this is a combination of sort of subtly hinting at and I, I mean that you know I'm I'm kind of making scare quotes when I say that at least in my head of poll watching and letting them know that you're watching and subtly hinting at voter intimidation slash
2: tailgate party. (laughs) And the worst part is that their food at this tailgate party will have no spice. You always say that. What is the no
1: spice thing?
2: It's a, it's like a, it's like a trope. It's a a, meme What is no spice? It's a, it's a joke about white people don't use spice. But they do though. I can't tell you where the shtick comes from. Uh, maybe you should just tell
1: me. I can't explain to you how jokes work.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I just use it interchangeably: mayonnaise and no spice. I know it's... you do.
1: It's it's a it's a pretty constant fluctuation. If we added like five more things to that rotation, you know, then I'd, I'd forget the first one by the time number five comes around. <laughs>
2: All right, macaroni and cheese. I'll use that one next time.
1: If Mastriano does become Pennsylvania's next governor, he will almost certainly pressure lawmakers to change the state's election laws and give the Republican legislature the authority to choose electors in any anything that's even marginally considered to be a contested election. Mastriano will also appoint a secretary of state who, like we've talked about, and he's and you've heard him say – would probably refuse to certify the next presidential election if the Republican candidate doesn't win, who's most likely going to be Trump. It definitely is not going to be DeSantis. He's also said that he would not sign off on the certification should it get that far. It would also be the, uh, the highest office held by a QAnon Christian nationalist politician, in, at least in recent memory. I mean, the first ever QAnon one. I can't remember the last time there was a Christian nationalist that had an office this high. Even though he is trailing in the polls, something that's really interesting about Mastriano is that he hasn't really made any effort to move himself to the center as far as his policies go. You know, we've talked about the how it, at least it appears like he's distancing himself from some of these figures and specific I, like talking points of, of QAnon and Christian nationalism. At least in, in in the mass media outlets, I, I really did not intend to just throw OAN into mass media outlet, but it is much larger <laughs> of a media outlet than than the Philadelphia Inquirer, for example. Probably not much larger though.
2: <laughs> well, even even the GOP has distanced themselves right from, and that's another him thing for they, the same they, reason. They've cut
1: funding because he hasn't moved to the center which is typically what the MAGA candidates do. I mean, this is something that – this is why – probably why Carrie Lake is leading in her polls and Mastriano is currently not against Shapiro. She has moved to the center on some issues and, you know, into like this more mainstream MAGA attitude about things, which is bizarre that that's even the mainstream. But, you know, it's 2021, everybody, right? Isn't it? (laughs)
3: 2020.
2: I don't know. Just pick a number.
1: <laughs> I I have like 10 months of amnesia. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we even have fucking Rove effectively running ads uh, against candidates in, in Pennsylvania that by proxy are in favor of Shapiro. The, the establishment Republicans are not in favor of what's happening with Doug and the Pen- Pennsylvania? No, no, no.
1: There, there are establishment Republicans that absolutely want Shapiro to win.
2: Yeah, it, it's it's fucking mind boggling to me. Meanwhile, there are establishment, but Democrats evidently who wanted who wanted Doug to win.
1: It's it's not it's not a no no. They they wanted him to win the nomination because they wanted to run against him.
2: Not not win win. Yeah, they wanted to run him to win the primary because
1: they felt like that he would lose and it turns out he's oh, done yeah, a lot yeah. better than your they po- imagined. And Yeah, your your point is taken. Yeah, I mean it was it was a it was all it was all strategy or tactics rather, but I don't know if it's going to pay off because he's probably done a lot better than they expected. And again, without moving to the center, which means he's got enough support in Pennsylvania for his crazy ass Christian nationalist ideas that to keep him in this within 10 points or maybe slightly outside of that now of of winning
2: the election. And again, it's polling. I don't know who was in the in the primary competing against Mastriano, but it seems to me that if they would have won, I would I would place a modest bet that it's they would have been just as bland and uninteresting as Shapiro. Yeah. And what Mastriano has going for him is that he's not bland and that he is exciting for the electorate to whom he's catering. It's the same thing. And that, that is the core fucking point.
1: It's it, this is a, this is a rerun in Pennsylvania for the governor's election of the 2016 election with with Hillary and Trump. They ran an establishment candidate against a, a, a an outsider with with wild ideas who was very energetic on stage. And right now, they have a lot of those same qualities going on in both of these candidates between between Shapiro and Mastriano. Shapiro is just a regular kind of guy. He's like, there's nothing really special about him as a candidate. He's not that exciting. And sometimes that's what you want for, uh, for you know, the executive in a state. You want somebody who's not that exciting. I, I don't know.
2: But at the moment, I don't have not my that exciting doesn't play po- well politics. in- in in economic strife, not that exciting. Doesn't play well. No, it doesn't. Extremism plays well because ex- it's fucking, during economic strife. It's fucking strife.
1: status quo when the status quo is fucked up. Yeah, that's why and, it doesn't play well. Because especially in an, in an election cycle where we have a bunch of people, you know, that with dealing with high gas prices, these insane interest rates, they can't buy a house. Rents are through the roof. Utilities have gone up, and now we have we have a mainstream establishment candidate who is just running on, we're like, we're going to keep things going, you know, just, you know, keep your head down and we're going to truck along. And then you got this other guy who, yeah, he says all this crazy stuff and you might not agree with it, even if you're a Republican, but he also seems like he's kind of a shake him up sort of guy. And of course he taps into all that culture war bullshit that's been going on that everybody's been fomenting for the last, who knows how long, I think since I've been alive. It's just constantly pick a
2: different flavor of the week. It's just
1: constantly at a froth right now. Every, you know, all of this culture war stuff is just undulating constantly, and there is, there's, it never settles. You know, as, as soon as anything starts to settle down, and we can, we can deal with, you know, human rights type things and environmental type things and economics type things then somebody, you know, some somebody stirs it up again. And, you know, they, they it's like the little the the air frother for shitty cappuccinos. <laughs> the little the little motorized whisk. <laughs> they just come in there and like it's Doug spin-
2: Mastriano, the shitty cappuccino.
1: Yeah, the shitty cappuccino maker.
2: We're we're seeing him being outspent something like 10 to 1 by and he's still uh, hanging Sh- in there
1: even though he's outspent
2: within within ballpark of of 10 points plus or minus yeah
1: it depends on the poll some of them have him closer some of them a little bit farther away but again if if any bit of the errors that came up in the polling in the last couple of elections applies he might be a lot closer than it seems yeah i mean he could be it could be neck and neck if it depends you know it is are his ideas crazy enough that somebody who is a, who's being polled says they're not going to vote for him even though they know deep down they probably
2: will earlier we were talking about how there are these people who are voting presidentially one party and down ballot other parties yeah and that it is much more complex than we assume it to be or maybe is popularly assumed to be and, and we can also apply the same thing to MAGA and, and QAnon and a lot of these different ideas where we can't simply assume that people are voting for this because they're so disconnected from reality per se. There, there are absolutely going to be disconnections with reality to believe a lot of this shit and, and to vote for it specifically. But, I think that part of the problem in our analysis, in general, in understanding QAnon, in understanding the current state of the Republican Party and MAGA and its role in especially rural areas, is this sort of assumption. I think there's a wide, widespread assumption of a bunch of backwoods hicks who don't know anything and they're undereducated and and that's why they believe these silly ideas because they're just such backwards country folk and and we look at Mastriano for example and he's got something like fucking five degrees oh. and four of them <laughs> four of them are military related degrees I I I mean it's every one of the degrees is a mouthful about like strategy or military something. Those degrees matter until you start
1: reading some of his research papers. Anybody who wants to know something about Mastriano, you know, like read something, re- read his almost completely unintelligible paper called The Civilian Putsch of 2018. And then 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 tell me how, how much, you know, how intelligent he is and how much those degrees matter. That, that is such a nonsense paper. You know, it, it starts off reading like it's excerpts from the Turner Diaries. And, I mean, this is a research paper that that actually has large, uh, large areas of fiction built into it, where he tells the story of this – he wrote it in 2012, I believe, and – I thought it was 2018. No, no, no. He wrote it in 2012 about an imaginary insurrection that takes place in 2018.
2: Regarding a colonel who sounds an awful lot like himself.
1: Yeah, I mean, he basically wrote himself into it. I mean, this that's how much imagination he has. It, I mean, basically with the Turner Diaries. I mean, that was the author writing himself into that story too. So, he, he it's about this colonel who's holed up in a cave talking about this insurrection that's taken place and this guy, this dictator who's taken over. This, uh, and he makes a point of saying a civilian dictator <laughs> that takes over. <laughs> Named uh, Benedict Aurelius <laughs> because he couldn't miss like the the most famous traitor in American history and Marcus Aurelius. I I, I don't know. Uh,
2: write what you know, and if you don't know a lot, go just with cliches. Make it
1: up. Absolutely, just make it up. <laughs> and this is definitely made up. He he writes you know about Benedict Aurelius taking over and instituting all of this political correctness because it's twenty twelve. Nobody would ever heard of the word woke yet. It was all, everybody, the culture war back then was political correctness. The PC police. And so he, anyway, like, it's just nonsense. So he goes through these passages of talking about the, the you know, this colonel holed up in the cave who, you know, was one of these freedom fighters, like, you know, trying, you know, like these resistance fighters. And they eventually lost. There's no explanation about how this loss occurred. It was some combination of... UN soldiers and European Union troops that that cooperated to take down the United States. I just I mean this is this is a colonel in the goddamn US army who who is imagining some scenario where the the the, the UN is able to muster a fighting force and then all the nations of Europe somehow magically cooperate and get together. They can't they can barely agree on a currency and they're they're, <laughs> me, they're going to get together and join forces with the UN which doesn't have a fighting force of its own to attack and defeat the United States military i don't how does he i i anyway the, you know when he was talking in that clip earlier on and he was he was talking about how he's not an extremist and you know he worked in military intelligence which uh, evidently he did and he was promoted and vetted over and over again and why would the nation you know why would the nation continue to promote him and 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 increase his security clearance if he was some sort of an extremist i i don't think that that is an argument the way that he sees it i, I don't think that it's an argument the way that he sees it i think it's i think it's an argument in favor of how terrible the promotion process is in military intelligence inside the army how poor the vetting process is because they couldn't identify this maniac and they kept increasing his security clearance or they don't care. You know, the people increasing the authorizing the, the security clearance to get increased, they're maniacs too. The fact that, that he was able to graduate these military inst- these military education institutions with this kind of understanding of the world that the you know, the UN and the EU are going to join forces and attack the United States and that is in some way plausible in his mind. That that doesn't that doesn't give me a lot of uh, that doesn't put a lot of value in how much education he's received, regardless of the letters behind his name.
2: I think that speaks to the idea of credentialism and how much we put stock into whether somebody has some sort of a degree or a title in front of or behind their name. When we do that, we're assuming that somebody because they have some kind of a certificate or a title they're so much more wise or knowledgeable or they have some mastery of the models of reality. You're very egalitarian. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Wet Wired. If you're able and would like to support the show for $5 a month, you'll get our extra premium episodes as well as access to our entire back catalog. We also have a few $3 a month uh, early access, True Believer, You Really Thought Were Awesome memberships available. I think there's about eight or nine of those left. So get them before they are gone because I'm not going to add any more. Recently in the premium episodes, we've covered Claude Rael and his UFO sex religion, Bill Gothard and the Advanced Training Institute, and Christian nationalism. God, we, we we talk uh, about Christian nationalism so much, Sean. I uh, I don't know if it's because we're interested in it or because it's everywhere. I, I we also I, I'm were not doing sure.
2: the Fashboy Summer series.
1: That was all, like almost all Christian nationalism. The reason we did that is because we <laughs> kept coming across. We we realized, or I realized, that we had a bunch of Christian nationalist scripts in the works, and we might as well just do a theme summer. Yeah, you know, the yeah. <laughs> if you aren't able to subscribe or even if you just don't want to, you can still help us out by rating the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leaving a review.
2: It would also be great if you would share the show on social. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, but feel free to share this episode wherever you hang out online. And we are, in theory, if you're a a subscriber,
1: on... This is not a project that he's invested in.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And if you're on Discord, we are, in theory, on the Discord channel. But... It
1: hasn't had a lot of activity That lately. terminology. Oh, right. my God. You're going to get accused of being a boomer if you keep talking like that. <sighs> what
5: what my co-host is trying to
1: say is that we're also on Discord. And because he d- he really is out of touch with the project, you actually don't need to be a subscriber to uh, to join the Discord channel. But if you are a subscriber, you get a cool color. <laughs> <laughs> it's a and Premium the knowledge color. and the knowledge that you are better than everybody else. <laughs> we'll see you next time. See ya. We
6: were planning this conference. And I'm um, just thinking about the warfare that you both have gone through. And we thought, wow, well, Lord, what would be the best gift for them? And we thought of the David sword because you've been cutting a lot of <laughs> <heads> <laughs> <off>. <laughs> And um <laughs> and and so we had inscribed in there for god and country because you have been fighting for our country and you're fighting for um our religious rights in christ jesus so um, we wanted to bless you with that sword of david and then um a bunch of goodies in here too (laughs) so it's kind of heavy hopefully it won't break but um so we we just thank you for being a part of this conference um being a part of all of our lives and really making a difference and setting a precedent for Pennsylvania, but not only Pennsylvania, for our country. Wow. Thank you both Thank of you guys. so much. Thank you.
0: Amen. Oh, yeah. Where's Goliath? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
6: You're welcome. Bless you. <laughs> wow, how powerful is that? Oh, my gosh. Our next. Governor! <laughs> Woo!
0: Thank, Thank you. you, I love you. Thank you. Love you.